Hi, this is Rich Horwath, and you're listening to Leader Lab. So who are you and what do you do? My name is Rich Horwath, and I'm CEO of the Strategic Thinking Institute. And my passion is to help leaders at all levels think strategically. So take strategy from that corporate business unit perspective and really bring it down to the individual manager and say, how do you become more strategic day in and day out and not just once a year? See, and you are uh, a man after my own heart, if I may. So uh, Rich is a former professor and someone who probably, I'm guessing when I read the book, you don't outright say this, uh, you're very diplomatic, but probably someone who's had a very similar frustration that I've had. A lot of times when we talk about strategy, we automatically, it's like analysis, right? Here's our textbook on strategy. Here's the financial calculations you have to run. Then here's how you choose the the best possible ROI from a bunch of different options that a spreadsheet spit out to you. And then off we go. And And it's not about so much what we teach a lot of times is not about strategic thinking. It's just about strategic analysis. I assume that's the rationale for this book, Elevate, but I don't want to take that away from you. Yeah. Well, David, first of all, I'm a big fan of your work on creativity and innovation and strategy. And I think, you know, we have a lot of the same premises in place. And that is, you know, all of these things, whether it's strategy, it's innovation, it's creativity, they all take great discipline. And they all take imagination. And I think too often people look at those things as, as separate or as opposites. And the reality is, I think, for managers and leaders out there, that you have to have discipline. And you also have to combine that discipline with an open mind and not be anchored in what you've done in the past, what's driven your success in the past, but really be open to new ideas, listening to others, and really trying to understand what's the current situation, what's the context that we're in, and based on that context, what should we look at moving forward with? So it's to your point, it's not just about the numbers, it's not just about the budgets and analysis, it's really being able to open our minds up to understand where are we, obviously where are we headed, and then really let that latitude go for some creativity and how we're going to get there. Along those lines of creativity and innovation, you, you uh, do something really wise, which is you outline these three disciplines that not just senior leaders, but I really feel like everybody in the organization needs to understand. It's the role of leadership to make sure that these disciplines are uh, imbued into the organization, coalesce, compete, and champion. Let's let's take those one at a time, if we may. Tell me a little bit about coalesce, the role of sort of fusing those uh, those insights together, and how we, really how we come up with the business model that represents where we're going. Yeah, you know, I think the first big thing that I see in organizations is people don't talk to each other. You know, they've got a lot of wonderful people, a lot of wonderful thinking, and too often you see the silos. You don't see the conversations happening on a regular basis about the key business issues. And I think one of the big things that I believe is that strategy has to move from this annual event and the dog and pony show to an ongoing dialogue about the real needs and issues in the organization. And so coalesce that first discipline is really it's really reminding people that you've got to bring together not only your your people but their ideas on a regular basis because if you don't tap into those ideas on a regular basis you're wasting a lot of the intellectual capital and in 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 intellectual prowess that the organization has and so to your point it's not just the leaders at the highest level but it's getting people to talk on a regular basis at all levels about what the key issues are and how are we looking to solve them in creative and innovative ways and so I think that's really to me the starting point is are we bringing people together 
Are we stimulating those conversations? And then are we capturing or harnessing their thinking and insights um, that are really going to help the business serve their customers better? Yeah, and I love that you talk about the role of sort of everyone in that conversation. There's, I don't know where this came about, except for maybe the fact that consultants make a ton of money doing these. But the idea that we'll take a certain group of people, we'll remove them from the organization entirely, call it an offsite, and when we return, we will have returned with the new dogma of, you know, almost like a, a Vatican Council. We'll return with the new dogma of what the organization is supposed to be about for the next 11 months and then we'll do it all over again, right? Whereas right. there are so many insights that are at all different levels of the organization that need to be engaged in that conversation if you're really gonna have a workable plan for the future. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the shame is that when you look at how strategies developed, only about 20% of middle managers are involved in the process and even fewer um, folks that are at the entry level. And the reality is that the further away you get from the C-suite, generally the closer you are to the customer. So, you know, to your point, we're missing out on a lot of that. And, and what I've found is if you don't set a way to formalize those conversations with people at different levels, they simply don't happen. Or they happen, but people aren't taking notice. And those insights, those ideas, don't get channeled to the areas where they can actually make a difference. Hmm. And and speaking of that difference, we it actually is a great segue to the second uh, discipline, which is compete. Right? How do we actually create uh, a strategy or a system of strategy that will create a competitive advantage, a differentiation, a difference that we can actually leverage to get ahead? Tell us a little bit more about the compete discipline. You know what I love about the word compete is it's drawn from the Latin word competere, which means to strive together. You and you, I think, you pronounce that like you've done this a couple times. It's amazing. <laughs> I actually completely made that up. So <laughs> if you speak Latin out there, please give David a call and correct us at some point. But uh, but the reality is, you know, competition we often think about is winning and losing, and that's the that's the be all end all. And and in my my world, it's much more about how are we working together in order to provide greater value to customers. I mean, when you look at the definition of competitive advantage, it's creating superior value for customers. It's not winning, it's not beating people, it's creating superior value. And so I, I think it's important that people recalibrate their expectations around not just how are we better, but how, we, how are we providing different or unique value to our customers. Hmm. No, I, I totally agree. And, and even if the pronunciation is wrong, that's still um, amazing <laughs> insights around this. I, I think the, the winning losing uh, model is, um, I don't know that it ever really worked. One of my favorite uh, quotes is from Roger Martin, another strategic thinking mind who always talks about strategies, not about winning, coming up with the strategies about shortening your odds, right? About increasing the odds of, of sort of winning, but not necessarily about how do we have this guaranteed knock everybody else out of the water. It's a realization. Let's be realistic. It's about shortening your odds. Yeah. And, and when you shorten your odds, really what, what you're saying is we've done the thinking to understand where we need to go and how we're going to get there. And the, the, the challenge I think so many companies face is they don't take the time to think. They just do the planning, which is putting together you know, the budgets and the tactics. And if you're not doing the thinking first, then the shortest path or, or, or decreasing your odds or those, that line is going to take you forever because it becomes a game of tactical roulette when things aren't going well. We start throwing tactics and things up against the wall, hoping something sticks, but we don't have any rhyme or reason to, to what we're doing. So I think taking the time to step back, 
think about the business, talk about it with each other versus continually reacting is at least one way to, to get to that shorter route that, that Roger talks about. Well, and it and it creates uh, the grand sort of fictional divide between strategy and execution, right? And so often the the strategic planners blame execution. And I, and I love you sort of address this, um, even if you don't name the demon, this imaginary division by by force in in the champion discipline. This idea of let's get everyone to think and act strategically in ways that sort of execute out that that strategy. It's not a matter of here we planned it, you executed it. So let's all be a part of this. Um, process, including how do we walk all of this stuff out? Yeah, and, and what, what my work has shown, especially you know, in, in the trenches, working with mid, mid-level managers, senior-level managers, if there's not if there's not the insight sharing and conversation upfront about the strategy and about the execution, then the buy-in drops dramatically, and that's why we have so many strategies that are are, are well conceived but they die on the vine because people simply didn't buy into or didn't believe in them because they weren't shown how to create those strategies and really what does that mean to me and what I'm doing day in and day out and that's where I think you know leaders and managers at all levels need to champion that they need to get people involved in the process if you want greater buy-in you want greater execution you have to involve people and, and give them the why yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's that's why I call it this sort of invisible divide in the sense that if the strategists aren't also executioners and the executioners aren't also strategists, then you're you're going to fail to begin with. But if everybody is there together and everybody is championing this, then that whole debate about, well, maybe it's not about, I mean, I remember when that execution book came out and it was, oh, it's all about execution. No, it's, it's about sort of both and both being done by everyone, not this division between the two. Yeah, and, and going back to Roger Martin, you mentioned earlier, you know, his his whole idea around the the opposable mind, and you know, not creating either ors, but creating the and, and being able to hold different concepts in our mind. And to your point, too often strategy execution have been kind of the, these polar opposites. And I think you know, Roger's work really has, has shown some people that look, it doesn't have to be an either or; it can be an and, and it has to be an and if you're going to have longer term success. Yeah, and speaking uh, kind of of another um, either or that's sort of going on in the stra- in the strategy world among different uh, strategy thought leaders, et cetera, and I love your take on it, which is why I'm setting up this question. We're in the middle of this really interesting debate between, I, I would call it sort of the old school planners and the new school um, emergent folks, right? It started, I mean, it's a it's an age-old debate. You could call it the Porter versus Mintzberg debate. But it's sort of, I notice it re-emerging now where people are saying, oh, emergent strategy is a cop-out or, oh, you know, there's it's not about a competitive advantage anymore because the, the landscape will change so quickly that it won't matter. And you actually talk about in the last chapter of your book sort of, here's when and how to know when to change your strategy and how to know when it's sort of working, which is a divine middle road between the two of like, look, there are times when the world changes, but there are also times where you need to stay the course. Yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, I, and, you know, you go back to Mintzberg's The Rise of Strategic Planning and how he was kind of, you know, pushing back against Porter and the planners and things like that. And it's, it's fun to watch that evolve and kind of bubble up back again, as you, as you talked about. And I think today, you know, and you're seeing books like Rita's around, you know, the, the end of competitive advantage and does it really exist because of the transient nature of, of, of success. But, but I, I do think that foundationally, what we need to understand is, is that there needs to be thinking and planning. And they don't, they shouldn't be an event, but they should be ongoing. They should be iterative. And what I, what I sense is that in most organizations, especially the larger ones, they feel like we can't do that because we're too big. So we've got to just set those three weeks aside in November to do all our thinking and planning. And what I've seen, though, is the great companies are able to 
identify opportunities more readily than others who wait once a year to pick up a plan or to, to revisit the plan. And so, you know, I, I do believe in my heart that we've got to be able to prepare ourselves to both think and plan on an ongoing basis. And that's why I'm a big believer that, you know, the, 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 the narrative 30-page or 45-slide um, strategic plan, it, it, it's important to have that to assess your thinking. But if you don't have a one or two-page strategy print or strategy plan driving your business, something that you can update on a daily, hourly basis that resonates and helps you drive what you're doing, then, then we're missing the boat. And I think we're spending way too much time in the dog and pony show presentations and not enough time on the dialogue to come up with the great ideas they're going to drive that competitive advantage. No, I, I totally agree. And, and to those listening, uh, Rich and I are strategy nerds, so we're dropping names like they're going out of style. I apologize. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole history of this debate. Um, I, my suggestion, to be totally honest with you, some of it is really important, but catch it on Wikipedia. If you're going to buy a book, go ahead and grab Elevate um, for, to, to begin with, to get your mind around, well, here's sort of what works, and here's the middle road between all of these ideas based on not only wor what works in a research setting, but what works having worked with executives from all over the place. Um, Rich is himself a scholarly practitioner, someone after uh, our own heart here. And so he's able to, to walk that divide quite nicely and get a great perspective, an elevated 30,000 foot perspective, mind you, on uh, on all these strategy things. So I encourage you, check out the book, Elevate the Three Disciplines of Advanced Strategic Thinking. Rich, you know what's coming next. I wonder if we can switch from the book to asking you a couple questions. Uh, the first being, this is so this is your sixth book, uh, but it makes me wonder, what are you reading right now? Yeah, so what I'm reading right now is a book uh, uh, called Johnny Cash, uh, The Life. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been fascinated with Johnny Cash. Uh, I saw the movie Walk the Line that came out about six, seven years ago with Reese Witherspoon and Joaquin Phoenix. But one of the things, David, that I've tried to do is, you know, is, is to always be thinking about, new ways of looking at things, new ways of doing things. And for me, a lot of my inspiration in my spare time comes from artists. So whether it be artists in the, in the physical space, the, 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 mu uh, the musical space, I, I really find a lot of inspiration in how they create and how they overcome. Uh, because when you look at people in the arts, especially music or actors and films, the, it's, or, or directors or writers or producers, it's amazing the level of criticism that they, that they receive on a regular basis, yet they still move forward with their art because it's who they are, it's their passion, it's what drives them. And so somebody like Johnny Cash, for me, I found really interesting because he, he, he faced a lot of obstacles throughout his life. And, and some of those were of his own making and some of those were his environment. But, but what he always stayed true to was the discipline to practice and the openness to gain ideas from other people. And so sometimes it took him longer than others to, to really embrace things, but he didn't follow the herd. He, he really carved out his own path. He took a lot of risks as a great strategist. You appreciate that. You've got to take risks. And he, he, he was unique in a way that, that really separated him from a lot of the other artists of that day. So, that, so that's probably my favorite book right now that I'm, that I'm taking a look at. You know, it's kind of funny that you say that. My uh, favorite Johnny Cash song is actually probably one of the last um, that he did and uh, or, or has done. And it's actually really interesting because it's not his own. Speaking of borrowing insights, right? My favorite Johnny Cash song is one he borrowed from Trent Reznor, uh, Hurt, right? Which he borrowed sure. and improved upon and built upon. And now it's sort of like 
if you hear the original version, you're kind of like, well, the Johnny Cash version is actually better, right? This is a guy that really fused together those sort of insights and created something new and different uh, that is amazing. And you see that throughout his career, not only in, in borrowing other people's insights, but borrowing people and taking people's criticism and, and making it better, which is even the role, again, to, to go back to that strategy idea, even the role in that sort of strategy is knowing when to iterate and when to when you can kind of come up with it. If you're just running off site, now this is a little bit of a leap, but we'll go with it. If you're just running off site and then you're coming back and everyone's supposed to celebrate you, you're probably not going to get very far in your strategy. But if you're responsive to all of those different people's feedback, you've at least taken a step in the right direction of involving people in that conversation. So yeah. um, speaking of involving people in that conversation, next step, next iterations, etc. cetera, uh, I mentioned earlier, Elevate is your sixth book, which I know means there is something out there that you're looking at as what I'm doing next. So what's next for you? Well, what's next for me is is really trying to pick the minds of other strategists and other people out there. And I, and I think your work, David, has done a great job of really, you know, looking at folks in, in, in a lot of different domains and a lot of different ba uh, areas of expertise and saying, how can we basically um, come up with what's next? And so, you know, a lot of the work I've done so far has been, you know, looking, you know, trying to, to ground myself in the history of strategy and leadership and then, and then start to think about what's, what's, really in the minds of people who are strategists today. So that's what I'm looking to do next is is to really start doing greater research from a primary standpoint with people who are out there doing it day in and day out and really tap into that, uh, much like the work that you're doing around creativity, innovation, leadership, and strategy. Oh, well, awesome. So again, like I said earlier, Rich and I are, are strategy nerds like minds, which is awesome to see. So obviously, We'll be keeping an eye on you. The, the podcast will all be keeping an eye on you um, from here on out. In the meantime, though, again, the book, the current book, Elevate, the Three Disciplines of Advanced Strategic Thinking. Rich, thank you so much for joining us inside the Leader Lab. David, thank you. It's great to be with you. Hey everybody, it's David from the Leader Lab Podcast. I just want to thank you for being a part of this community and for listening to this podcast episode. And I want to remind you that you can get even more content from us if you connect with us online. We're at Twitter, twitter.com slash LDRLB, Facebook, facebook.com slash LDRLB. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast in either iTunes or Stitcher, or just subscribe to our email newsletter and we'll email you every single time we post a new episode. Thanks so much for being a part of the community. Look forward to giving you even more great content.